1: There are apparently currently 800 unstaffed frontline prison jobs. And this is, as mentioned a moment ago, due to a bunch of things, including the fact that we are into winter and not just dealing with the pandemic, but uh, we've got bugs which haven't been here for a couple of years, which have come back. Uh, Most of us probably know people right now who've got flu, which is is currently just absolutely awful. Uh, But then you add to that issues with crime and issues with job satisfaction and issues with safety for our corrections staff. And we've got the Corrections Association calling on the government to make operational changes to make their workers feel more safe when they go to work. Now, we did ask for Corrections Minister Calvin Davis to come on the programme. He was unable to be here, but we are very grateful to have Corrections Association President Floyd Duplessis joining us now. Floyd, good afternoon. Thank you for giving up your time on a Sunday.
2: Good
1: afternoon. Thanks for having us on.
0: Good day, Floyd. So how long has this been a problem? And Has it been brewing for a while, or is it sort of um, suddenly upon us?
2: It's a problem that has been brewing for a while and has been growing. COVID definitely over the last two years has put some additional challenges in there that has made things worse.
0: Oh, I think we just lost, did we lose? Are you Hello? back there, Floyd? Yes. I think I think yep. I lost the end of that sentence there, Floyd.
2: So I was saying that it is a problem that has been brewing for a while, but unfortunately the last couple of years under COVID and the changes that that has brought has definitely made it worse.
0: Have the government been, um, well, what response have you had from the government? Have they been taking this seriously or have they just been faffing around? Unfortunately,
2: there there hasn't been any real change. So over the last couple of years, we've had a violence and aggression plan that we've been trying to push through the government and with the department. We have started on that, but none of it has landed. So the key difference there, which the minister seems to be missing, is there's no meaningful change for the frontline staff. And that's the key difference that we need to focus on.
1: Okay, what meaningful change would you like for frontline staff in our prison systems?
2: So the key changes there is we need more measures to hold prisons to account for violent behaviour. Prisons are more violent than they've been in the past. We've seen a drop in prisoners and yet there's been an increase in violent violent behaviour. Yeah. And threats and action towards staff.
0: Just to put it in, when you say that the inmates have been more violent, there's been more violence against staff, can you paint us a few pictures on that? How, I mean, what are we talking about?
2: So as an example, 2017, we had the muster crisis, which we were, we were projecting to hit 11,000 prison, prisoners in prison. Currently, we're sitting at around 7,700 prisoners. So we've had a massive drop in prisoners. Yeah. Now, that's something that we we question in terms of how that's happened hmm. given the fact that obviously violent crime crime in general has not gone down, it's gone up. Yep. But even though we've seen that drop, we've seen a steady increase in in violence towards staff and assaults. So we've we've topped out at a thousand assaults per year for the previous twelve months. And that's something that we just can't continue to see rise.
1: Is it possible that the reduction in prison population means that the people who are in prison are the worst, most dangerous offenders. So that it may not necessarily be that you have more violent people in prison. I'm not saying that that's not the case, but just as a hypothetical, but that as a percentage of the incarcerated population, the people who are currently in jail are far more likely to be violent than before because other people who are less violent have been released.
2: Absolutely. And that's one of the concerns we have that we've put to the department and to Calvin Davis when he met with us for the one and only time a year ago. The reality is we are having a bigger concentration of the higher end of criminals. But what that means is we're saying we need to manage our prisons differently. Instead of having a wing where you've got 15 prisoners, historically, what we need to do now is drop those numbers, have less people per wing, spread them out across the prison estate so we can manage them better. We can... Target that them have addressed the behaviour that they are displaying, and help improve that. The only way the only way we can do that is if we do spread it out. And unfortunately, what we've done over the last little while is the numbers have dropped. The the government has allowed staffing numbers to drop, and so all they've done is they've continued to squash more and more prisoners into smaller areas. And like you point out, you're going to have that increase in violence, and and we have pointed that out. So there are some ideas that we've put to the minister to try and do to manage that. And that's the key focus there. The the one thing we need to try and raise and get out there is, at the end of the day, if we don't improve the behaviour of these prisons, yeah. they're getting out. So they're all going to come back into the community, live next door to us, and that's where we see this increase in behaviour, because they're
0: getting used to it in the prison. How, how long has Kelvin Davis been Corrections Minister? Because it seems extraordinary to me that you are the Corrections Association representing all these uh, people who work in the prison. In these dangerous positions and you say he's met with you once was he just i mean how long has he been minister for since labor came in so he's been there long enough unfortunately he's just not interested in meeting with us one meeting so sorry off a comment on it in the middle of an interview but how i mean how many times have you guys reached out to have a meeting with him
2: we reached out a number of times there was a period where we continually had meetings arranged um, all of them were cancelled as it came closer. So currently, uh, due to the current pressure, we he did reach out a week ago to arrange a meeting. We've agreed to a meeting. We're just waiting for him to uh, confirm that and give us a date because we, we are keen to talk to him. We are keen to improve things, and that's the key that we need to make clear to
1: him. Floyd, paint us a picture of what a day in the life of a prison officer is like at the moment, as in how dangerous is it on a, on an, any given day? Are you likely to have threats made against you? Are you likely to have people trying to attack you, people trying to bribe you, all of that stuff?
2: So it does vary area to area, but in your high security units, unfortunately, it's become commonplace. Staff have become complacent to it. So general basic threats... People ignore, they don't even acknowledge them. And that's part of the problem. Uh,
0: mm.
2: In terms of real threats where staff feel that they're unsafe and they feel weary about walking into the unit, that's a daily occurrence now. And that's that's part of our concern, is we're not even recording all those incidents because staff have just become so normalised to it.
0: Yeah. Um, so it sounds like there could be something you were saying about the number of um, um, prisoners to a particular group or block. It sounds like there is something that could be done immediately uh, operationally. What about the staff numbers themselves? Is is that uh, how quickly do you think they can resolve that?
2: There's a number of things to that. We we do need a drastic increase in staffing. The one area there is through COVID. We haven't had a proper training centre open. We closed that due to the COVID restrictions. Now we've got to the point where we can open that back up, which means we can ramp up some recruitment. That's a positive. The other side of this is we need the government to understand, like you pointed out, recruitment at the moment is tight, no matter what industry you're in. And unfortunately what that means is we need to re look at what we pay staff. We work in a very difficult industry. Everyone understands it's it's not exactly appealing and it's it's at a time where it's the hardest it's ever been. We need to have a complete rethink and we need to look at increasing the wages for staff because we're just not paying them enough. Staff start on $58,000 a year. That's what they get paid. The majority of staff are on that, and that's what they get paid to front all this behaviour and all these challenges on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, I was reading that the majority of staff uh, are, as you say, are in between... Um, sort of the late 50s to the late 60s in terms of what they make every year. And given you've had to have 12 months of training in order to get that job, how big a difference do you think it would make if, say, there was a a jump of 10 grand to that?
2: It would make a big difference. The the reality is it wouldn't change the risks. But the difference is we'd have staff that wouldn't be as keen to leave as they currently are. It also means it would be easier to recruit. If we were able to fill those 800 vacancies, Absolutely, we could make the prisoners the prisoners a safer place. We could manage the place a lot better, and to be to be a double ended, it would be a better place for the prisoners. They'd be able to have more access to more activities and rehabilitation. So it is fundamental, and a ten grand lift for every salary range would absolutely make a difference.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the program. As we say, it's it's crazy to think that there are currently eight hundred unstaffed. Frontline prison jobs right now in New Zealand. That is Floyd Duplessis, who is the president of the Correction Association in New Zealand. Enjoy your Sunday afternoon. 22 minutes past three. All right, we're going to change tack. When we come back, looking at the Tauranga by-election, and this has been won by National's Sam Uffendel, and also another political poll which has come out, Labour is unchanged in the mid-30s, National is up a tiny bit, um, and they are fractionally ahead of Labour. So we'll break down those numbers for you, also what's happening with the minor parties. And looking ahead to the next general election, can we read anything into a poll this far out? And can we read anything into national winning a seat, which they have almost always won in the past century? Are there more to those figures, more to those stats? Well, we've got Dr. Beveridge who will analyze those <laughs> uh, when we come back. And and we'll go head to head in a little bit as well. It's Newstalk ZB 800 10 80 if you would like to be on looking at... The election results and the poll result. It is Newstalks EB. Politics Central at three twenty two.